Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership and how to be a more effective leader. And, you know, I didn't know where the theme would go for this episode until I got into the heart of it. And today's episode, this episode right here, it's going to be titled, Understand and Appreciate Their World. And that'll make a lot of sense for you in just a moment. But before I do, I'm going to unmute a friend of mine. Kingsley Grant is on the line. And what you're about ready to hear is yet another one of these interviews that I've been doing on somebody else's podcast to help spread the message about the Free the Dream, well, just the Free the Dream message. Not just to sell tickets to the Free the Dream conference, although, yes, that is definitely a desired outcome, but also just to show up and make a valuable and significant contribution to the lives of other people's audiences where people like my friend Kingsley Grant has has done a lot of work. Kingsley, welcome to the open of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Hey, Cliff, thank you so very much. It's a privilege being here with you, my friend. How do you like this? You, you actually were interviewing me, and now I've turned the tables, and now I'm bringing you on for a second. This is so awesome. This is so cool but to, you know, to actually spend this time with you and have you sharing with me some things that have happened in your life, and me with you is awesome. I look forward to this moment. Uh, it's it's incredible. So real quickly, we're going to play the interview that I just did on your podcast. And I was so excited with how, I mean, because every, I, by the way, I'm, I don't know if you know this, but I'm doing about 48 to 60 podcast interviews from July 1st through the end of August. So July and August, I'm doing somewhere between 48 to 60 interviews. I think you're to this interview that we just did. I think it's interview number 13, 14, 15, something like that. So, but every one of them is different. And yours is unique, yes. and it's like, oh, dude, I think this would be a great episode, especially with this understand and appreciate their world. I just shared the audio recording a couple episodes back from Ken Davis where he told the story of what happened in the classroom mm-hmm. and, the, and the teacher who understood and appreciated their world. Now, so my audience who listens every week hear, heard that story being told live, but they never heard my thoughts on how that is this concept as a leader of understanding and appreciating someone's world. And now when they hear me tell you the story, they will have actually recalled actually hearing the story. It's like, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly what happened. Anyway, that's why I want to include this. But real quickly, Kingsley Grant, I want you to tell people what the name of your podcast is and, and who's it, who is it for and where can they find it? Thank you, Cliff, so very much. The name of the podcast is The Kingsley Grant Show. And it's for emerging and experienced leaders who want to create environments that motivates, engages, and inspire their people to do their great work at all levels, which in turn lead to increased productivity and revenue. And they can find it at kingsleygrant.com slash podcast. Thank you for that, Cliff. My pleasure. kingsleygrant.com slash podcast. And also, I want you to give a plug for the book because you mentioned it in our interview a few times. We got... We, People need to know about the book that you have, so just in case they're interested. Thank you so much. It's called The Emotelligent Leader, Succeed Where Others Failed. And it's really geared towards leaders who want to distinguish themselves from other leaders who have failed at certain things in the workplace. And I wrote that book especially to help them to do the opposite and become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. And it is available on Amazon. All right, and is it linked on your website at kingsleygrant.com as well, I hope? Yes, it is. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Kingsley, thank you so much. And everybody, without any further ado, here's my interview that I just did with Kingsley. 
My guest today on the Kings of Grand show is Cliff Ravenscraft. Cliff is a business mentor. He coaches and he's a motivational speaker. Cliff mentors, coaches, consultants, and thought leaders through the transition from their unfulfilling day job into their own responsible and profitable online business so that they can live the life of their dreams and do the work they feel most called to do in the world. That is what we're about to dive into today. Cliff, how are you? It's exciting to have you on the show today, sir. Kingsley, I am doing amazing. Matter of fact, I like to say that I've never been better and it gets better every single moment of the day. And yes, now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you are most called to do in this world that you were created for. And ah, I love sharing this message, my friend, and thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you. And before I even get started, I want to say thank you for all the good and all the things you have done and the lives you've influenced and impacted, including my own. And uh, we are able to just continue to spread that. So, Cliff, the first question I ask all my guests is this question. When you hear the word leader and all the word leadership, what comes to your mind? Sure. When I hear the word leader, uh, it means that... Somebody has gone before me, you know, so when I, when I think about following a leader, I think of somebody who has traveled further down the path. They're, they're further along the journey that I want to go down. So I, I think, I'm, I guess in a way, as a role model, if you will, I look for people who have already achieved significant success doing in life what I feel called or compelled to go do. So I'm looking for somebody who has already made a ton of mistakes of their own. I'm looking for people who are failures. Uh, I'm serious. I am looking for failures. I'm looking for people who are not afraid to fail consistently. Now, I'm not looking for a leader who consistently fails at the same thing over and over again, making the same mistake. No, I'm looking yeah. at a, I'm looking at a leader who's always looking to pave a new path for themselves, who are not afraid to fail, learn from it, course correct, do it over and over again, but always learning from everything, applying everything they've learned. And so that eventually, not that they're ever perfect, not that they never fail, but man, it seems like, man, they've gone so far down this journey ahead of me, this path ahead of me. Man, they've, play, they've paid a clear path. And you know what? I consider that person to be a leader, and I'll certainly walk on the paved path that they put in front of me. Now, that's who I look for as a leader. And as a leader, I hope to be that guy. I hope to be the failure that people are looking for. It, it takes considerable, uh, I would think, um, a sense of uh, humility or vulnerability because to put yourself in that position you described just now, Cliff, I mean, it must really take a sense of like, um, you know, I would say, I go by the word humility because not everybody is wants to, you know, look at somebody who have had that zigzag kind of life experience and want to put themselves in that person's hands. So what does it take for a person then in your mind to basically go after that kind of a leader? What does it take? Uh, what does it take for somebody to go after that kind of leader? Well, I, a belief that really those are the only leaders that exist. Uh, I, I guess if, if we look at directly that specific question, what does it take for somebody to choose a leader that, out, it, that consistently fails? Well, I, I'll tell you what, you will not find somebody worth following. You will not find a leader worth following that hasn't been, hasn't been willing to take risks where they could mm. fail hard. And, and if they, mm. if I, so basically, if you're choosing a leader that, seemingly never makes mistakes. It seems like they've got all the right answers and stuff like that. Chances are you're following a leader that's playing it safe in life. 
and I don't know. It, mm. and, and maybe you want to play it safe in life, and and if that's the case, then then you can follow leaders that play it safe in life, and you could probably never really live up to what you were fully potential of doing in life. You'll never fully live out the life for which you were created. And and so if you want, it, what would it take for somebody? You'd have to you'd have to be willing to follow a leader that makes mistakes and isn't afraid to admit that they've made mistakes, that they're not afraid to tell you the stories about why they made the decisions that led to massive failure that is humiliating, that's embarrassing. But the thing is, is you want leaders who are willing to take those kind of risks and you want to be able to have that kind of leader as a role model for how did they handle the defeat temporarily that set them back, you know, where they said publicly they were going to do this and they took some actions mm-hmm. and they failed. But yet, how did they handle it? See, the thing is, is, is it's, there's nobody's perfect out there, all right? There's right. not a single right. perfect out there, person out there. There's nobody who always gets exactly what they want the first time they try to do it. Th- that there's never been a person like that, all right? So what you want is somebody who's going to be willing to pave the path ahead of you and hopefully make mm-hmm. lots of mistakes, because the more mistakes they make, the easier they can make it for you by sharing their stories. And you want a, you want a leader who is vulnerable and transparent and willing to tell you about the mistakes. They're, in fact, it's even better if you can find a leader who's willing to make the mistakes right in front of you. So that and you know, if, go ahead, Kingsley. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I think I wanted to make sure I pick it back up something that's very, very crucial you just mentioned just now. Because I look at one of the things I wrote in my book about leadership is mentorship. You just mentioned something that the person wants to be there with you. And I look, I would call that a mentorship um, kind of approach. Would that be something that you're describing well, I, I consider a mentor to be a leader, obviously. So, yeah, I, I don't see much of a distinction there. M- mentor, okay. my, I, I guess we could go into some semantics, the difference between what is a leader versus a mentor versus a coach or whatever. In my own way of thinking, I guess I kind of, I, I feel like I fit a little bit of all three of those roles pretty seamlessly, mm-hmm. and I don't see a lot of distinction between them. At least I haven't found a need for myself to make a big distinction between a leader, a coach, and a mentor. Right. You know, and I think you're right on that. And one of the, you know, the chapter that I wrote about how leaders who are mentors, they, they, I talk about four things that they do. They say, hey, watch me. And then the next thing they say, hey, let me do it with you. And the next thing they say is, let me watch you do it. And the next thing they say is, you now go ahead and find somebody else to do that very same thing with. So when you were describing that, I was, in my mind, I'm thinking about the person who is vulnerable and willing to take that risk. with you and help you do the very same thing that they're doing yeah and and okay so i thank you for that so you're giving me the distinction between what's in your mind about a mentor and just a leader in general because with that i clearly understand there are certain people who are leaders who are not mentors uh, and that's yeah, not right. to that's not to lessen how valuable those people are. There's some people yeah. who it's just not their calling to be a mentor. It's just that I, I it's right. very clear my true identity, who I was created to be on this earth. I was created to be a mentor who happens to also be a leader. So I love that. Thank mm. you. You I learned from you today, Kingsley. Thank you for the distinction. <laughs> Something extremely valuable. No. I think you you put it in my hand. You just gave me a great you know you kind of actually place it there in my hand. So thank you for placing that in my hand. So one of the contentions I also have, Cliff, is um, leaders who are willing to be a steward. And I talk about a steward mentality in that they are, and what separates them from the average leader is that they are willing to steward their people. And so I look about the nurturing, the caring. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I certainly believe in the the concept of stewardship. I think for me personally, I feel responsible to be a good steward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a man of faith. Obviously, you know that, but your audience may know, not yeah. know. But one of the reasons why I do everything that I do today is because when I was 18 years old, I felt called to a life of full-time ministry. And today... I, I, th- I thought for many, many years of my life that I was going to be a pastor one day. And, and while I do not fit the definition of a traditional pastor in a Christian ministry, 
Uh, and in fact, I'm quite, quite very far away from all of that. But what I will tell you is I, I definitely feel myself uh, completely devoted to full-time ministry, doing the extremely profitable work in a for-profit business that is meant to change the lives of hundreds of thousands and eventually millions of people around the world. And I feel a, a calling in my life to fulfill what God's called me to do, which is to be a good steward of all the resources that I have. And by the way, being a good steward of all the resources is not just financially. Being a good steward of all the resources, the resources are, man, the, the lives, the human souls that I have the opportunity to communicate with through the podcast content that I create, through the YouTube videos that I produce, through the live streams on any platform that I live stream, through the people that I speak to at conferences that I host and speak at for other people, through the uh, mastermind groups that I facilitate, through the one-on-one human beings that I get to mentor personally. I feel... Mm a compulsion to always be a good steward of each and every one of those resources. And when I say resources, like, gosh, does kind of resource cliff is something that is to be used to, to do something in the world. Yes, I really do believe. I, I believe that a, a single listener to my podcast audience is a resource for God mm-hmm. to do something powerful that they were created to do in this world. And they are a resource. And I happen to have the honor and the privilege and the blessing that God has chosen to work it out so that those people are listening to my voice. And I must be Mm -hmm. a good steward of that opportunity. You know, I appreciate you taking us down that path because if you just really kind of frame that in a way where I think someone, you know, who's listening can relate to because you really kind of... um, uh, took that word, even the resource and the responsibility, combine it together, make it such a very powerful way of saying what leaders really are supposed to do is be responsible of the resources, but also the people who they're leading as a resource and not just see them as something to be used and then somehow gotten rid of. So, uh, which leads me to my other question here, as you were talking there, Cliff, um, I find that the, the concept of, of leaders being able to realize that their, their influence, their impact um, they have on people, and, but also how they communicate to their people and to those they're leading in a very effective manner. So I talk about the idea in my, uh, my book of the Immortelligent Leader is that leaders ought to be able to sell an idea or, um, you know, communicate ideas and visions and missions to their people as best as possible. So I call leaders ought to be good salesmen, a salesman or a salesperson then. So what were your thoughts about leaders being a salesperson? I think that every person on this planet, whether they believe that they're a leader or not, is called to be a salesperson. Everyone. I, I literally mean every, every stay-at-home mom is a salesperson. Trying to convince your seven-year-old child to go to bed and get some sleep and some rest, uh, trying to get your children to do their homework, all of that is sales. You are selling. Mm. By the way, let me. I think it's important when we talk about salespeople and sales in general. I think it's important to have a clear under under uh, understanding and definition of what sales is. And I'm just going to share mine. Actually, I have two different definitions of sales. The my favorite definition of sales is that I am trying to convince someone to do something that's going to add value to their life. That's what sales is to me. Sales means I'm, you could even, I could even use the word persuade. Convince or persuade, either one works for me. But if I, my definition, if I'm going to sell you something or sell you on something, I'm going to convince or persuade you to take an action or to do something that is going to add value to your life. That's for me what sales is. By the way, a second definition of sales that I really love, it's nothing more than shared enthusiasm, brother. 
<laughs> you know, I, see, I, I like that framing because what it does, it takes away the stigma some people have around sales and see it as that, you know, of course, that slick used car salesperson and they get afraid of that. But I really think you're onto something there, Cliff, because I think leaders and anybody really needs to be to see themselves as trying to get across an idea, whatever it is to get a person to take action for their own benefit. And so I see that as such. Now, I find some leaders are struggle, Cliff, because they're unable to really find their their groove. And, and part of that is because of the lack of, you know, seeing leadership as a craft and being able to develop that. How would you speak to that idea of a leader and what would they need to do or suggest they would do to develop themselves more so in that leadership role they find themselves in? Okay, so Kingsley, I have to be very transparent and authentic with you and under, and, and tell you that I don't understand exactly what it is that you're looking for me to answer. So I'm going to ask you this. what When you say that a leader is struggling, can you give me an example of how they're struggling with this? And then maybe I can speak sure. to that. Thank you for that, for that um, you know, response. Because I think that they struggle in the sense of like not feeling skilled or um, feeling competent enough, feeling adequate enough, feeling as if they're able to do the role as best as they've been asked to do. So it's it's almost like feels intimidating for them. Okay, got it. So it's feeling, and this, by the way, there's every single person hearing our voice, Kingsley, I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, you and myself, yes. we all have yes. this fear. We all feel unqualified, unworthy, that we have this fear that we'll be rejected. We all have this fear that if we step out beyond what we've already achieved and, and take on a new role or responsibility as a leader, there's always that next level that we may feel called to. But man, I just don't, there's so many other people who are more qualified. I just don't know that I have what it takes. Every single one of us has that. And the reality is, is guess Thanks. what? Yeah. The, the, the thing is, is, is that's just fear. And it actually has everything to do with what we believe. The reality is, is quite frankly, there may be more people out there who are more skilled than we are, who have more experience than we have. That doesn't mean squat. It doesn't matter. Mm. The question is, is, mm. is anybody else asked to do the leadership responsibility that you've just been asked to do? If not, then you're the leader. And guess what? You have all of the resources you need to do anything you've ever been called to do. You're way more powerful than you'll ever possibly imagine. And it's never a lack of resources. You don't feel skilled enough? There's places to go to learn how to do what it is you need to do. You are never at a lack of resources. The only thing you may have is a limiting belief that keeps you from being as resourceful as you need to be, re- you need to, be to be able to accomplish the task you've been asked to accomplish. You touched on a very, very important part I find, Cliff, is that limited belief. Because I know that for me, I struggle at times with certain things that I want to do to the next level. And my beliefs sometimes kind of get in the way. So that person who's listening and would say, man, Cliff, you just put your finger on something that I really struggle with. Where would that person start to at least, at least begin to explore how to change or address that limited belief that he or she is having? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I think one would start with what is a belief? And you'd be, it's like, okay, Cliff, come on, seriously, can we fast forward just a couple steps ahead? Let me tell you, Kingsley, I was 44 years old before I heard the definition of what a belief is that radically transformed my life. And so I'm going to share that definition with you guys today. Please. The, defi- <laughs> the definition that transformed my life is that a belief is nothing more than a thought that you feel certain is true. You see, I used to believe that mm-hmm. a belief is something that was true. So if I believed I'm not worthy, then I'm not worthy. You know, that, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, a belief and a fact are that in my mind somewhere I got the, 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 I had the belief that a fact and a belief was the same thing. The reality is that a belief is nothing more than a thought. Like, you know, it's like, hey, Cliff Ravenscraft is purple. You know, my skin is purple or my skin is yellow or my skin is brown or whatever. My skin is none of those things. That's a thought. I can think all kinds of things. 
but a belief is a thought that you feel certain is true. And by the way, you can t- you can t- you can actually have a thought that's not true repeated enough called conditioning get a little bit of reinforcement mm. from somebody else and all of a sudden now you feel certain it's true. Here's the problem is every belief that we have whether we're consciously aware of the belief or not every belief we have has consequences. I want if you don't walk away if you walk away from this conversation that Kingsley and I are having Without anything else, just remember this. Every belief you have has consequences. Because here's what I will tell you. Every action you take in life has caused you to have an, a result, a, a reaction. So all the results. Your results today financially are the result of the actions and decisions you've made in the past. Where you are physically in your body, if you're 100 pounds overweight and got type 2 diabetes and it could have been reversed and could still maybe be reversed, but you haven't been able to get yourself to do the things necessary to reverse it, you know you, know you should eat, more, or, or eat less, move more, you should eat more healthy, you know all that stuff and you've tried a couple different times, the reality is, is you keep falling into the same actions, the same actions of eating bags of chip at, chips at night, spending more money on your credit cards when you know you need to stop spending more than you make, all of those things that you do, all those actions are going to continue to get you the same results. And you will never mm-hmm. be able to get new results unless you take different actions in life. And here's the thing. You can get different, you can take different actions in life for a temporary period of time just through willpower. But you'll mm-hmm. never be able to take new actions in your life and apply them consistently and create an entirely new lifestyle where, let's say, you decide to work out six days a week every week for the rest of your life and stay consistent. You'll never be able to do something like that, Kingsley, unless you change what you believe about working out. Change what you believe about eating healthy. Change what you believe about living debt-free. Change what you believe about carrying debt on credit cards, spending more than you owed. Change what you believe about saying those really nasty remarks to your wife when she didn't live up to your expectations. You gotta change what you believe to be able to change the actions. If you wanna change what results you have to have in life, you have to change your actions long-term consistently maintaining new behaviors and you'll never do that unless you understand the power and the consequences of every belief you have. Man, that's powerful. That's really um, very deep. I, I appreciate you taking the time to really um, expand on that because I think it. we needed to hear that the way you shared it and the, the examples you brought in was so powerful because one of the things Mike thing I hold on to, like your belief shapes your behavior, and therefore every behavior we have is really coming from a belief system. And so what I find sometimes though people struggle, leaders especially, but I find it's true across the board, is that they, you mentioned about the willpower, they find it's hard because they've tried. So what would you say to that person about then using outside help? whether it's, you know, attending a workshop, a conference, or getting a coach, getting, what's your thoughts about going, um, teaming up and partnering with something or someone else to accomplish those goals? I think it's a pretty smart thing to do. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> honestly, I, Kingsley, I think that, I think everyone needs a coach. I think everybody needs to partner and, you know, trying to figure this stuff out on our own, it, well, how has it worked out for you so far? If, if, if you've tried it, let me ask you, how has it worked out for you so far? The reality is, is that it's hard to read the instructions on the bottle that tell us how to get our, how to get what we want out of life. The instructions are on the bottle, tells us how to do what we want, what we want out of life. But if you're inside the bottle, it's hard to read the instruction, the, the, the instructions. So what you need is somebody who's on the outside of the bottle who can read the instructions and tell you what works and what doesn't work. And so we all need that. But I want to, if you don't mind, uh, Kingsley, I, you said something amazing just a moment ago. You know, these people have tried and it's hard. It's hard. What if I told you it's easy? What if I told you that you don't, I mean, what if I told you you didn't need a coach? I mean, I, I, I believe in having coaches. What if I told you you didn't right. need a coach? All you needed was a simple shift in the way that you understand how your mind works mm-hmm. and how beliefs work and that you could literally take any action, like 
for example, going to the gym. I, the reason why I keep going to this going to the gym thing, King, Kingsley, you know that I used to weigh 300 pounds. When you and I first met, I weighed nearly yes. 300 pounds. Today, yeah, right. I weigh 193 pounds. All right? So I've lost... I've I've lost over a hundred pounds of fat. I've put on more than twenty six pounds of muscle since November two thousand fourteen. Wow. I made a commitment on November two November fourteenth two thousand fourteen. I'm going to work out six days a week every week for the rest of my life. All right. The thing is, is when I when I made that decision, it happened in an instant. And do you want to know how challenging it's been? You know the daily grind that it's been for me to actually live up to that. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I can't tell you because it hasn't been. It wow. hasn't. Now, prior to that, I struggled with my weight. I went up and down. I, I want, gosh, I, in January 2009, I ended up in the hospital for two weeks, almost died. I weighed almost 300 pounds then. I, over the course of a year and a half, I made some significant changes, and I, and I lost 60 pounds. And I gained it all back and all of this. And I went, and I, dude, I, I yo-yoed just like everybody else. And by the way, all mm-hmm. that year and a half, it was a day... I would, I would have described it. Man, this is hard, but it's worth it. I'm forcing myself to do it. Willpower, willpower, willpower. I'm forcing myself to do it. Man, this is hard. This is a daily grind, but boy, it's going to be worth it. You know, it's, it's, and that was the thing. And, and that was my belief. And I had so many beliefs about going to the gym or working out consistently. And I, and I had beliefs that it's a daily grind. I had beliefs like the, the last 10 pounds are the hardest to lose. I had all kinds of beliefs that made it difficult for me. But Kingsley, mm-hmm. by the time I discovered that all beliefs had consequences and a belief is nothing more than a thought that you feel certain is true and that if you could change a belief, if you could eliminate... A limiting belief in an instant, you could change your behavior in an instant. And not only that, but you could take a class two behavior and turn it into a class one behavior. But I just used some language that probably people haven't heard before. So let me explain to you. Let me explain to you the difference between a class two behavior and a class one behavior. By the way, a class one behavior has four elements. You enjoy doing it. If, and let's just, let's also say it feels good. All right. It feels good, it's good for you, it's good for others, and it serves the greater good. So a class one behavior, it feels good, it's good for you, it's good for others, and it serves the greater good. That's a class one behavior. A class two behavior, by the way, is almost identical, except for the first thing. It doesn't feel good. It's a struggle. Mm. See, it's still, class two behavior is good for you, it's good for others, and it serves the greater good, but it's a struggle. It's a grind. It's hard. It's difficult. It's painful. You hate it. So the only difference, be, so both class one and class two behaviors are good for you, good for others, and serves the greater good. The, the cool thing is, is any behavior that is currently a class two, in an instant could be transferred to something that you love to do and all you have to do is eliminate the limiting beliefs that are causing you to make that behavior that you so desperately want to have in your life that consistent going to the gym quit eating the sugary snacks whatever quit smoking quit whatever whatever behavior you want to change you got to change the beliefs and if you can get the beliefs out of the way the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from creating that change you'll be able to take a class two behavior and turn it into a class one. A class two behavior is always going to take a ton of willpower for you to consistently be able to do it. And eventually, Kingsley, we all know willpower runs out. But we don't need willpower. We do not need willpower for class one behaviors. I need, since November 2014, I've not, needed a single ounce of willpower to get to my to get to the gym or to go out for a hundred mile bike ride 110 mile bike ride sometimes i can i I, it requires zero willpower because it's never Mm -hmm. since november 14th 2014 i changed my beliefs and not once has it ever been a daily grind not once has it ever been difficult not once has it ever been hard because I chose to change my beliefs about working out. You know, I mean, I tell you, 
Trave, I, I, as I listen to that, I'm thinking, man, you know, I just need, I need to work on some of my own <laughs> limiting beliefs. And, I, and from a class to a class one, I really, that one tweak makes a huge difference. What I find sometimes that leaders, as, as you're describing, I'm thinking, okay, how does a leader find him or herself in a situation where their belief system about the people they're leading, that they're, you know, is, this, is there, there's not, you know, raising to the, the occasion, they're lazy, they're just not doing the work and, you know, find everything else but. How does that person then translate and take all of that which you describe to somehow create a different environment where they could actually increase productivity and revenue and just the environment that would produce a more wholesome, healthier kind of atmosphere? There are three different techniques that I could teach to completely radically change that situation. Unfortunately, we don't have time for all three of them, but I will, cha- I will share with you one of the techniques. Uh, you, you need to understand and appreciate the world of the people you serve. I'm going to say that again. You need to understand and appreciate the world of the people you serve. You see, the thing is, is you, you say they're not, they're not rising to the occasion. They're not living up to the standard that you've set and all this other stuff. And, and quite frankly, you find yourself easily frustrated and all these other things. And you've got all this thing and you expect these people. The reality is, is that these people will never change until you understand and appreciate their world. So you think that you think they're, you, you may make global judges. That just person's just lazy. That person just shows up late all the time. Blah, 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 blah. Why not take some why not take some time to understand why those people are doing the things they are doing? You know, you can get upset about the fact that let's just say Nancy shows up 20 minutes late every single day. You may you know, have you ever thought to ask what's going on in Nancy's life? Would you take the time to understand and appreciate the fact that maybe you didn't know that Nancy cares for her husband who has been uh ill and in bed bedridden for the last 17 years of their marriage and that there are certain circumstances that have caused her to to experience things that you would never even imagine how she still shows up at all i mean and and it's not like you're going to lower the standard and say hey nancy i understand your world and i appreciate it and it's okay you come in whenever you want that's not what i'm saying but the thing is, until you, take, until you take the time to learn what Nancy's life is like outside of what your day-to-day obligations that you give her are, you're really not going to influence her to see things from a different perspective. Maybe if you could get to know Nancy and understand what's going on in the world, and you can appreciate, you can actually literally appreciate her world and say, Nancy, wow, you know what? I had no idea that this has been going on for the last 17 years you inspire me. The fact that you actually come here and perform, I mean, when you're, sure, you know, it, it's kind of been frustrating a little. I mean, I've, if I'm just honest, it's been frustrating for me as a leader, as your manager, that you show up 20 minutes late consistently. But man, now that I hear this and I understand, it's like, man, that when you do show up, you're here. I mean, it, one of the th- reasons why it frustrates me is because I know you're capable of so much because you demonstrate so much. And I just want you to know I appreciate what you bring to the table when you're here. And, man, is there anything that I can do to help you so that, so that we can get on the same page? I mean, is, is there some kind of let, – let's brainstorm together. Is it, you know, do we need to adjust your schedule? Is that a p- potential? So do I need to change the expectations and my blueprint of, of what I believe you ought to be able to achieve? Uh, or is there some way that maybe we can find some resources together to make sure that you're able to participate in, in the level here? What, take time to understand and appreciate the world. Do you know, you know Ken Davis, right? Yes. All right. So Ken Davis, uh, by the way, he's a professional Christian comedian, an incredibly influential communicator, and just an amazing human being all all around. Uh, Just do a Google search, Ken Davis Comedian, on Google or YouTube. Uh, Be prepared to laugh and be prepared to be inspired. He is an amazing human being. He did the closing keynote address last year for my uh, Free the Dream conference. And in his closing keynote, he's told the story that I've heard Ken tell so many times. When Ken was a little kid, he was rambunctious. He struggled with his own worthiness, and, and quite frankly, kids beat him up all the time. He was bullied 
All right, literally beat him up. And so he, one of the things that he learned is that if he could make his classmates laugh, they would, they wouldn't, they would stop hitting him. So he all, he became mm. a, he came, became a jokester. He became the class clown. And one day he was in this literature class or something like that, or it was some kind of class. And anyway, the the teacher was uh, had them recite some Shakespeare or something of that nature, and he decided to blurt out loud a different interpretation. He goes, wouldn't it have been more effective if he would have said this? And he used a little profanity, made the entire class roar with laughter. All right? I mean, he was just elevated to the coolest kid in the classroom with a single statement. His teacher said, Ken Davis, come here right now. And then that day, she says, you're staying after school today. Your mom and I'm calling your mom and dad. They're going to come pick you up. And he tells the story. He says, man, that's the day. That, this is back in the day when, teach, when, parents call, when parents came to the school. They actually came with like a branch broken off of a tree rather than a lawyer. You know, today, the, 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 teacher, the parents come with lawyers to sue the teacher for whatever they did wrong. No, back in these days, I, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. And... And before the parents, so the, at the end of the day, before the parents got there, the teacher sat down and understood and appreciated the world of Ken Davis. She, and d- this is what that teacher said. Ken, this, I want you to imagine this young little boy. Ken, you, my friend, have an incredible gift. She said, mm-hmm. you have the gift of capturing the hearts and the attention of every single person in a crowd. No matter where you go, you can instantly become the focus of attention and people will hang on every word you say and in a heartbeat, you could make them laugh. Mm. And you are using this gift to destroy my classroom and it's unacceptable. But I Mm. want you to know you have an opportunity and I want to encourage you to use that gift for good. You can have a powerful, profound impact in the world if you will use that same gift that you're using to destroy my classroom in a different way. And I want to encourage you and inspire you to go out for the speech and debate team. And, and when your parents get here, I'm going to tell them how incredibly gifted you are. And we're going, to tell, we're, we're going to encourage them to support you with this. And, of course, the parents came. And the parents didn't hear about how much trouble he caused. He's, he, the, the, she was very honest and said, listen, he, he's, he's been tempted to use this to disrupt my classroom. But here's what I want to tell you. Your son has an incredible gift. And I've wanted you to come here today to know this. And, and he's agreed he'd like to join the uh, speech and debate team, but it would require your support because he'd have to stay after school. Would you, would you, as the parents of this young man who's so incredibly gifted, would you support him in going out into the speech and debate team? And his parents said yes. And because wow. of that teacher who uh, – because of that leader who understood mm-hmm. and appreciated the world – of Ken Davis, that young child, that impressionable person, which we're all impressionable. We're not beyond the, the we're never beyond the age of being impressionably influenced by a leader. Understand and appreciate the world. Because of that, Ken Davis created a lifelong career as a Christian comedian who has spoken in front of tens of thousands of people go to netflix and look up the name ken davis or the phrase fully alive he's got a netflix special that will transform your life read his book fully alive hear about his career the guy is financially wealthy today because of a leader who understood and appreciated his world that is what i would say to a leader who is frustrated by the people that they lead Wow, Cliff, I tell you, that was just, I mean, I could not in any way um, put interrupt because I was less magnetized by that story as you retold the story of Ken Davis, who I've had the privilege of hearing myself a meeting. And I think what, you know, I'm sitting here also thinking that it's as if, I know you haven't, but it's as if you're reading my book. I talk about the very same idea of, of, of leaders becoming to know, like, and trust factor. You know, do I get a chance to let you to know me and me to know you and to like and trust you? And I think what you describe is that leader going the extra step. You know, I read a re- um, recent research where our statistics, 79% of people 
who've left the job have said they left and the number one reason they gave is because of a lack of acknowledgement. They said, if we were only acknowledged, we would have given 91% of ourselves to make that leader successful. And that's why I say, you know, my book is entitled The Immortelligent Leader, Succeed Where Others Failed. That teacher as a leader succeeded where others would have failed with the Ken Davis. But you mentioned about the fact that he was a keynote speaker at the, your event. Tell us a little bit more about that event you described, because I know you have one that's coming up again this year, right? Absolutely. It's coming up in Franklin, Tennessee, September 13th through the 15th, 2019. And Free the Dream Conference is for people who have struggled for too long uh, to make changes in their life, to get people who have dreams of different results. If you want different results financially, if you want different results when it comes to your physical fitness and health, if you want a different result in the way that you relate to your wife or your spouse, if you want a different result in the way that your relationship with your kids, and by the way, I can speak all of these with boldness and confidence because I have failed miserably in the past in all of those areas, all of those areas. And when we go back to failure, I'm happy to confess to you, I have been a massive failure in practically every area of my life at some point. But I've fallen, I've learned from my mistakes, and man, I want to teach people what you can change in an instant and how to do it. And for me, I developed this thing called the Free the Dream Message. And by the way, I'll just be transparent and authentic and tell you that most of what you'll hear from me personally at Free the Dream, I will, t- I will be doing a minimum of six, actually no, a seven different sessions at the Free the Dream conference. I will speak uh, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. I'll do a bonus e- session on uh, anyway, I, I, and, and then, of course, in the morning on Sunday, I have 14 other speakers who are coming as well for this single stage event. But here's what I will tell you. Everything that I'm going to teach you, I've learned from investing more than 10,000 hours in two and a half years listening to three audio programs from Tony Robbins. Because Tony Robbins, in one weekend, I went to an Unleash the Power Within event and it transformed my life in a weekend. I'm not saying that I lost 100 pounds in a weekend. But in a weekend, I learned the techniques, tools, and strategies to radically change my behavior in any and every single area of my life. Not only have I lost over 100 pounds and uh, put on 26 pounds of muscle, not only have I become debt-free and remained debt-free, not only have I went through all the failures and mistakes of trying to figure out how to do a business and generate it into a half-million-dollar-a-year business and then completely give all of that up so I can pursue my mentoring and and life coaching and motivational speaking full-time not only have i done that i mean there's so many i've i used to i was a massive failure as a father with one of my children we me and my oldest daughter fought constantly until one day i changed one belief one belief and now my daughter and i are like best friends she's 19 years old and she's amazing and and wow one belief changed Everything in an instant. And so basically, I'm like, okay, I have applied everything that I learned from Unleash the Power Within, everything I learned from Tony Robbins, everything I've learned from Jim Rohn, everything from Napoleon Hill, everything from Earl Nightingale, from Dan Miller, from Michael Hyatt, from all of the people who have spoken into my life. I've been aggressively applying all of that to my life. And I've taken the best of the best of the things that have finally said, people said, Cliff, how do you work out six days a week every week for the rest of your life and not fail to do it? How do you give up sugar a year and a half ago and never eat Kit Kat candy bars? How do you never eat cookies? How do you never eat Snicker bars? How do you do this? How do you change forever? How? And I'm like, well, do you have a weekend? And I would teach you. And, and come to Free the Dream Conference, and that's exactly what I do at freethedreamconference.com. This is an annual event. This is our second annual event. You have to come, and it will transform your life and your leadership in a single weekend. And what's the date again on that, Cliff? September. It's September 13th through the 15th in Franklin, Tennessee. And here's what I know, Kingsley. I, of course, you know, I've, I used to be the podcast answer man, taught more than 40,000 people around the world how to launch their podcast. And here's the thing. Somebody is listening to our voice right now in the year 2025. Okay. We're recording this 2019. 
So for those of you who are yeah. listening to this in 2025, go to freethedreamconference.com, find out when the next event is, and visit us in one of our stadium events because that's where it will be held in 2025. And here, my second annual, we're in a nice little quaint venue called the Liberty Hall in the factory in Franklin, Tennessee. And I expect somewhere around 300 people to be here for my second annual event. So if you're coming to the second annual event, it's September 13th through the 15th, 2019, freethedreamconference.com. But if you're hearing me in 2025, go to freethedreamconference.com. Learn what the next date is, the closest location to you. And who knows, maybe you'll be in the stadium event in Melbourne, Australia, or maybe it's in London. Maybe it's, I don't know where, but this is the dream that I have, Kingsley. I want to transform people's lives. That's not correct. That's not accurate. I want to share the message that God has put me on this planet to share in a unique way that will resonate with people so that they themselves will transform their own lives by simply understanding just how Every single belief they have has consequences, and the fact that they're living most of their life unaware that 80% of the beliefs that they have that are causing them to do the things they don't want to do or avoid doing the things that they desperately want to do or need to do, the beliefs that are driving most of that, 80% of them, they're not even aware of what, what beliefs are driving them to do those things. They're unconscious of more than 80% of the beliefs they have. You know, I think if, you know, uh, you have downloaded and shared, I think that the, you know, I just find it's almost like a little taste. You go to the mall sometimes and they hand these little piece of chicken and, you know, bourbon chicken and I would say, hey, come over and get some more. And you have to kind of wet our appetite. I can imagine what that meal will, is going to be like if what you've given us is just basically a, a taste of it. And you actually, you know, this episode alone, I believe, will be one that will be helpful even if a person listen and re-listen and re- to this episode, I think they could find some great valuable tips and ideas that would really radically lead to transformation. So I think that was really well done. So I really want to encourage my listeners to actually make this, you know, on the calendar because I think they're going to leave there a changed person. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that's going to happen. Yeah, come expecting your life to change in a single weekend. I'm not saying the results will be instantaneous, but the change in behavior will. Uh, that is something that, that I will tell you. The things that you've been putting off, the things that have been challenging, the things that are difficult, it will be, if it's been difficult, if, I, by the way, I'm not saying, if, you're not, if you don't come to the gym or to free the gym and, and you want to change your physical fitness and health, uh, th- then that's no big deal. You choose what it, what dream you want to chase after. But let's just say you've always wanted to have a, a a very healthy and physically fit physique, but you're 60 pounds overweight, and it's always been a struggle for you to go to the gym. To the gym, if that's why you come to free the dream, here's what I will tell you: when you leave free the dream, it will be almost impossible for you to ever skip going to the gym. If you want to quit smoking, it will be almost impossible for you to continue to smoke. If you want to change your financial results, it will be impossible for you to spend another dime that you haven't yet earned on a credit card. Whatever your dream is, Free the Dream will change the behavior in an instant. And all you have to do is, it it, it literally, it, 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 it pains me to know how simple this really is. I, it, it, it really is, and it, it just takes a lot of time to help you understand the five or six different elements, and I can do it in seven talks, come to Free the Dream Conference. And by the way, you think this is a morsel. I know some of you will sign up for freethedreamconference.com and come to Franklin, Tennessee, or wherever it is in 2025 in whatever stadium we're at. But uh, here's what I will tell you, Kingsley. Go ahead and buy your ticket now, but don't wait till you get to Free the Dream. Come over to MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free. I, have, I will give you the opening keynote address to the very first ever Free the Dream Conference, Free the Dream 2018. The title of the episode is All Beliefs Have Consequences. You remember how I just told you that 80% of the, con- of the beliefs that you have you're unaware of? In this yes. one talk, it's, if you go to MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free, it says give me 60 minutes and I will help you change your life. All right? 
I will, sh- I will tell you how to change your life forever. Bold statement. There's a 90-second video clip that if it doesn't capture your attention, just go away. Uh, not a big deal. Go to free the dream com- or go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free. Watch the 90-second clip and then put your email address at the bottom of the page and you'll get instant access to the opening keynote address from Free the Dream 2018. And you think this gave you some insights. That talk is one of the most powerful talks I've ever given in my life. And it's just one of seven talks I give at Free the Dream. Wow, Cliff. I mean, this is right. It's radical. It's revolutionary. It's really it causes you know. Even sitting here listening to you, I mean, I'm just like you know, just soaking it up and drinking it up and taking it in. So, I really, in our time here, is just really watching all of that. But Cliff, I want to say thank you so very much for taking the time to really share with us, you know, the valuable insights into how we can actually become better leaders. We can lead our home, our family, our workplace, wherever we find ourselves leading. I think you have touched on some really helpful, um, insightful things that are, I think, is transforming. And I think if we listen to that, and I want to suggest going back and listen and listen, but also the links will be provided so that you can go and, and, and find out what Cliff has described, freethedreamconference.com and mindsetanswerman.com slash free because those are things you're going to be able to actually continue to feed yourself and be prepared when you go to the event in September. So, Cliff, any last word, any last thing you wanted to share before we wrap things up here? Yes, I encourage every single person to become very intentional about what they choose to believe because what you believe will determine what you achieve. Mm. Boom. That is awesome. Cliff, on behalf of the Kim's Grand Show and my leadership audience, thank you so very much for sharing with us and taking the time to give us such great insights and powerful stories. And just, I mean, you I mean, you grabbed me. I can imagine my audience. So thank you so very much for taking the time to do that, sir. It has been my very sincere honor. And Kingsley, I thank you from the depths of my heart for this opportunity to share this message with your community today. Awesome. Wow, Cliff, this has been, man, tremendous. Thank you, brother. I, I really, uh, beyond even what I imagined and, and even expected, and this is like beyond, wow. What a transformation, man. I think this your, your stories, the way you're speaking, I mean, I've heard you speak different, you know, different times, but... This is also uh, the passion here is is just beyond what I've heard in other settings before. Yeah, my life has changed just a little bit, brother. I'm I'm telling you, my <laughs> my life changed in a weekend. I I walked across fiery coals, but but it wasn't the fiery coals. Uh-huh. It wasn't the fire walking at a UPW event. It was the it was the it was just that it was about seven, actually six different techniques that I learned about how our mm-hmm. mind works and how our beliefs work and. And I studied, I, I literally, I bought Creating Lasting Change, Personal Power 2, and Unleash the Power Within audio programs. And I listened to them on repeat. Like, I think I'm on my 37th time through those programs. Over 10,000 wow. hours devoted to studying and immersing myself in the study of how do I apply every single one of these principles to my life personally, and how do I help other people apply it to their lives. And and then once I've learned, once I learned the power of doing that, I'm like, I, I cannot, I cannot devote my life to answering people's questions about what cable they need for their podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's bigger than that. I mean, I, I, I hear, I hear it. You're on a mission, man. And I, I, I really want, I mean, I, I just, I didn't even know as much until I, I'm so thankful that I had this interview because I'm now like almost, wow, you know, this is like, it's bigger than I've ever thought. So, man, this, you know, I'll be praying for it. I mean, I know I can't make it this year. I know some other things are going on, but I truly, really will be pushing this and out and getting out as quickly as possible and really promoting it and um, writing about it because I think it's really transform. You know, it's, it's something everybody needs. So thank you. I really appreciate that, Kingsley, seriously. And I'm, go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free and watch that opening keynote. It, and I will. It, no, I will. Yeah. And quickly, I have a question for you. I really loved how this interview went and I would love to include it as, as an episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Would you be okay with that? 
Oh, please do. I mean, I, I'm, that'd be awesome, man. That'd be great. So, I love it. You did a fantastic job here. So, so here's the thing, because I'm putting out a lot of content between now and Free the Dream Conference. I want to get this yes. message out. I got a, a follow-up question for you. You said some really cool things about the, what you just noticed in the transformation in me, and that was kind of a, like a personal thing just between you and I. Can I include that at the end of our yes. conversation? Oh, yes, please do. That'd be awesome because I've actually seen the, the, the journey, seeing the, what they, I've actually seen it before my very eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you saw the fat melt in a way. I mean, literally, I remember I was a 300 pound man when you and I met for the very first time back in 2012. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I watched it. That's why I think I am a, yeah, it, it didn't have to sell me too hard on that because I've, I've seen the, transformation before my very eyes and here and even your talk even the way you speak the passion the you know it, it's just flow so different than even before so i think this is something that you're all in on there's no question in my mind awesome do you have do you have three to five more minutes to hang out while i record yes. the yes. end and the open of the cliff ravenscraft show oh yes okay. yes okay so i'm going to mute you for just a moment but i'm going to bring you back for the intro but here we go All right, my friends, that's going to wrap up this bonus episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, my recording, which I'm actually still in the process of creating. But anyway, this was a special bonus episode where I share with you the interview that I did with Kingsley Grant. I encourage you to go check out his podcast. And of course, don't spend any more time delaying. Seriously, don't. now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you were most called to do in this world, that you were created to do. Go to freethedreamconference.com right now, grab your ticket, and don't wait until Franklin, Tennessee to, to start taking advantage of it, of the message. Go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free right now and get access to that opening keynote address. And until I see you at the Free the Dream Conference, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset Answer Man.